And welcome back to Junior Funners. Buckle up, butter dicks. It's time to talk about Arsenal. Uh, that, was, that was my attempt at a new intro. What do you reckon? Sort of the Chuck Wendig style uh, intro. What do you reckon? That sounds pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm liking it. <laughs> yeah, he has me blocked on Twitter. I can't remember why. I'm pretty sure I called him a name or something, but um, yeah. God, More like Chuck shit. when Anyway, um, it's Junior <laughs> Funners. <laughs> As in, when is he going to grow one? Because he doesn't oh, currently have one. And- oh. Not to um, cast aspersions on anyone that doesn't have dicks. Uh, you know, that's fine too. But uh, Chuck Wendig, you're on notice. Yeah. Yeah, you're on, you're library on. hating freak. Yeah, yeah, you soy boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fucking soy face, Lin Manuel Hamilton ass <laughs> motherfucker. You. Um. Anyway, <laughs> it's Junior Funners, folks. We're back. We're coming in hot. We're coming in hot. We're hot this week. Um. It's uh, it's a podcast about Arsenal, and it's hosted by us, uh, and that's uh, us is me, I'm Ollie, and then it's also Lawrence, who's over there. Uh, guten Tag, Ollie, and Guten Tag, listeners. Ah, we oui, we. Oui. Um, yes, when I say, oh, Lawrence is over there, I mean at the other end of the uh, internet, at the other, you know, the other end of the uh, of the space Google and time. Exactly. So we've had some issues with the uh, the delay. Um, so hopefully that doesn't uh, bugger things up too much this week. Um, there is a bit of a weird. It can be a bit of a weird pause where uh, one of us will stop talking and then the other one starts talking after a brief delay, and it makes it sound very weird and awkward. But uh, you know, we're doing the best we can. In my defence, it's because um, the more I edit the wave, like I. It goes if I chop it up into more parts, it just creates more megabytes, so it would become like a gigabyte rather mm. than like it's seven hundred six hundred megabytes. It could be over a gig gig and a half if I mm. make more and more wave files, just make more and more waves wave files whereas I just make as minimal as I can. I'm very yeah, I'm lazy, I don't yeah whatever you get this for free. Stop complaining, leave me alone, yeah. Yeah, we're not at the Patreon stage yet, so until we are, uh, this is what you piggies deserve, and it's what you get. So, um, yeah. Um, so typically we kick things off here with uh, with a bit of Arsenal news, so let's do that now. We took a week off last week because there wasn't really much going on um, football-wise, but personally I was pretty busy, so couldn't really uh, find the time to record, so it didn't matter that much. But this week, oh boy, what a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good good start, I think. And uh, I broke by uh, yeah. not watching Arsenal to watch Arsenal, and uh, they won 3-0. Um 
it was a bit of a brief scare early on. But uh, other than that, it was mm. plain sailing, really. Plain sailing. Yeah, first couple of minutes. Uh, it was only Fulham, mate. It's only a pub team. Yes, really. football. Yeah. But, uh, football is finally back. Uh, I think yeah. we can safely say football is after uh, uh, that was a, a scary, uh, uh, what, 40 days uh, that we had with two weeks. football. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, good to have it back. Um, and yeah, first match of the season uh, for Arsenal, a, a resounding 3-0 win over Fulham. Uh, yeah, so it was a bit of a reversal. Lawrence, you watched the match and I, I didn't because um, I, I, I couldn't. I was uh, I was working. Um, so I only saw the highlights on match of the day. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it, uh, I mean, you know, it was only Fulham, but they could yeah. only play whoever in front of them. And it was a very convincing win. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was particularly... It, yeah, it irks me when um, the lineups get called and immediately the, pun- the punters are out there saying, oh, back five against the promoted Fulham. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, Banter Club, Banter Club. And I just, you know, it's not a back five, okay? It's a three, yeah. four, three, slash, four, four, two, slash, four, two, three, one. I mean, we're all, we're, we're a multi-formational team right now i'm liking this under arteta there's this like multiple positions yeah players drift centrally or out wide or cut drop deep overlap yeah this and that there's a versatility yeah we are the versatile team levels to this game mate levels to this game yeah that's what i see a lot is uh yeah that's the uh that, that what does that mean levels to this game they're like yeah, I, I, I'm still not fully sure what it um, what it actually means. Um, I just <laughs> like you. I just hear people like Mario, say it. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, there is literally levels to to that game. Um, hopefully, not an underwater level because those fucking suck. But yeah. Um, yeah, very good. I mean, you know, great. Um, I suppose the, the the main talking point from the match itself is two uh, very good. Debuts from two uh, uh, sort of two main signings, Willian and uh, Gabriel Magales. Um, yeah. Almost, I mean, Gabriel almost cost us a goal within the first couple of minutes, as you said. There's a bit of a bit of a sort of shaky misunderstanding there, but after that, he just got better and better and capped it off with a you know brilliant, a brilliant goal, really good kind of commanding header from a from a corner. Yeah, like I've. We I'd read that and uh, they supposedly brought in Brentford's uh, set piece coach or something. I mean, if they, if that's true, then uh, oh, I paid dividends. You know, that was the most obvious quarter strategy ever. Yeah. Everyone stand in the six yard box and just 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 <laughs> jump and hit the ball. I mean, how how difficult is that? Yeah, it's amazing innovative tactics we have at Arsenal now. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to, uh, it's better to do the simple stuff well than uh, do the complicated stuff badly. So, you know, it's, like, uh, uh, it's good to have that. It's good to have that in the back pocket. Yeah. And unlike, uh, you know, certain uh, set piece strategies, which is just uh, it's almost like a NFL, you know, one of those kind of NFL drills you see when they, when they do the thing, you, know, mm. it's, you don't overcomplicate things, just, just tell them all to stand yeah. on the goalkeeper and just jump. When the ball comes near you, uh, jump. Whoever's tallest, yeah. 
get the ball. And it, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, a, a part of it is, I mean, when Fulham were last in the Premiership, they had the the worst defense uh, of any team in that season. They let in uh, like an an insane amount of goals. Um, it looks like they might be heading for the same kind of form this year. But I mean, yeah, it was. It, 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 I mean, yeah, the, nobody. Nobody got anywhere near Gabriel, and he just yeah jumped higher than everyone else, and uh, and and headed the ball in. It was great. And then of course, you know, the other debut, our boy uh, Willian, Willian, um, <laughs> who was involved in all three goals. He basically three assists for for all three goals for him. It was uh, amazing to see. I I felt like it was. It's going to sound really corny, but it reminded me of like being like a little kid at Christmas, getting like a you know a really cool new toy. You kind of don't want Christmas Day to end because you just want more time to play with this this cool new thing. I just wanted I, I didn't want the match to be over. I just wanted you know I wanted to keep watching him play because he just looked fantastic. So that's a very good sign. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's going to be difficult for Nicholas Pepe. I think uh, if he's going to have to compete with Willian, I mean, but. I suppose William being thirty in his thirties, I mean, it's a bit uh, advantage for Nicholas Pepe, but um, I think mm. uh, I don't know whether uh, Arteta thinks Pepe's more of an impact player. I don't know, but uh, I just you just feel like hopefully he doesn't get yeah. like uh, outcasted in a way. Another uh, you know sort of are we just. Um, yeah, because I think he. Is- I think he. Yeah, I mean, Arteta seems. Arteta seems to have a plan for him because uh, he, at least from the outside, appears to be willing to put in the work. Um, you know, he's made it very clear that everyone, everyone that's on board with how he wants to do things there is, you know, is, is going to be given a chance, and everyone that isn't can fuck off. So you know, <laughs> that means you know, Gwendozi's out, Özil's out. Um, and so yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it. I, I think um, yeah, I think Pepe I, having Willian in the team might spur Pepe on. Like you said, he's a, a considerably younger player than um, than Willian, um, so it could it could be cool. Yeah, you know, from a man, mentoring point of view, it could be neat to have someone uh, like Willian there to teach him a few things. It was there. Um, I don't know whether uh, El Nenny's going to be sticking around, but he did a did a pretty good uh, had a pretty good. I think everyone had a pretty good game overall. It was uh, it's quite surprised, you know. Yeah, kind of forgotten man, El Nenny. Uh, sort of everyone thought, ah, he'll yeah, be, he'll be gone, and uh, but yeah, he had pretty good, pretty good game. Yeah, everyone did. Everyone was good. He's El Nenny's. Yeah, he's featured pretty heavily in the preseason, um, which does make you wonder that yeah I, again Arteta seems to seems to have a plan for him he, he seems to he seems to want him as part of this setup um and you know if he keeps playing like he did on Saturday then yeah why not that saves saves another signing having to be made um you know so it, it's yeah it's, it's good to have him as another option and then on top of that like you know as, as we were saying you know uh, Danny Ceballos is back for another season so that's very positive as well um, but yeah, yeah, very, uh, very good result and still no news on the, uh, the Aubameyang contract, but we are being assured more or less around the clock, um, that it is, that it's coming. So I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, Dennis Tobias had a, I don't know how long he was on for, but he did a clever little um, trick, sort of nutmeg one of the uh, Fulham players. He was sort of, Mm. you know, they faked it about, it looked like he was either going to cross or make a pass and then just sort of skipped nutmeg around him. It was like quite impressive. It's like, that's the, uh, it seems to be the thing. They, when you briefly go back to training from Madrid and then you start, you start bringing that flair. Mm. He had a brief, uh, he had a brief uh, uh, bust up with uh, Nketiah in the, on the, Pre pre match warm up, which was a bit. Uh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. They were doing like a one of those little passing drills they do, and I don't know why they do that. They go in hard on their own teammates, and it was so. Yeah, so Bios went in hard yeah. on on Enketia, I think, and they're sort of pushing and shoving. It was a bit ah, jeez, oh no. But uh, they it's, seem to have made up. I think yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's like. They kind of have to, they have to do that sort of thing as part of their training, I guess, because otherwise, when else are they gonna? When else are they gonna get used to that level of physicality? If it, you know, if it's only coming during a match, then it's it, they're never gonna be able to mentally prepare for it. Um, but yeah, like you said, it seems as though they've they've made up. You know, I, one of them posted a thing to Instagram where they're you know they're hugging each other, saying no problems here, my brother and stuff. So yeah, seems to be all good. But uh, I mean, who else? Who else can we talk about? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I think I've more or less. I mean, Fulham, well, Scott Parker. I mean, look very, very sixties. Uh, Scott Parker, very suave. But uh, the rest of the team, it sort of felt like handsome man. Yeah, the rest of Fulham's tactics just felt like uh, try and get a set piece, try and get Michael Hector, their centre back, to like. Head the ball mm. seemed like their only sort of tactic really the whole game very weird to not not start with uh with Mitrovic yeah you know the, the top scorer in the championship last season um yeah very odd to wait till an hour into the match to bring him on uh after I think at that point they were already three nil down um so yeah very odd I don't know if he was maybe not fully fit or something but yeah that um that fucked with my fancy football team, certainly. And I think it did with a lot of people as well. Him him, <laughs> him starting on the bench um, fucked up a, a lot of people's uh, fancy football uh, front lines, I would have thought. Yeah. I mean, bringing back to Michael Hector, there was a few, because he, he got on a yellow, and there are a couple of moments where I felt like, come on, that should have been a red. <laughs> I don't know where it was just first day of the season. He had a bit of a... Bit, yeah. Referee's going to be a bit yeah. uh, lenient. But uh, there was a couple. I was like, come on, man. That, only other game. That's a red. Yeah. yeah. Like, at least free. Free. I think he was, he was having enough of a, enough of a mare. Um, he was having enough of a shocker um, during the match that I think maybe the ref just <laughs> took pity on him. Like you said, first day, first game of the season. Um, maybe he was letting a bit more slide than he would have done otherwise because he was. Responsible for at least one of the Arsenal goals, um, so yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah. I think the ref maybe let him off the hook a little more just to kind of spare him. I don't know. Maybe it would have been a mercy to send him off, but yeah, yeah. I think he may, maybe going a little easier on him than he would have done. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Um, but um, 
yeah, overall pretty pretty good. I mean, who are we playing next? I can't remember. I I always forget. But, well, we got uh, uh, it's West Ham this coming weekend uh, at the time mm. of recording. Um, so uh, and that's uh, I believe at home. So yeah, it'll be home for that one. Um, interestingly, Arsenal uh, women I think played West Ham this weekend and beat them nine one. So. Hopefully we can get something close to that. I mean, West Ham looked pretty shite. Um, gotta say, uh, they yeah, they they look. I mean, I know we're only one match into the season, but um, I don't know, man. It's I think it's going to be tough for them this season. I think they are they they're candidates for relegation. I would say. Hmm. They didn't. They haven't made any real transfers, have they? No, they haven't really signed anybody. Didn't. I think Declan no, Rice. I think, I think Declan Rice might be off to Chelsea supposedly, and I don't know. But um, yeah, I yeah. think I think at West Ham. Everyone seems to be in unison that that West Ham potential relegation uh, picks for um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's Arsenal, mate. So Banter Club, Ars- uh, West Ham probably turn mm. up four nil. You know. We'll be saying they, what, what a flop they Gabriel are capable of weird was. results like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't it just be like Arsenal to uh, yeah win three 0 at Fulham and then uh, go and uh, just completely implode against a team like West Ham? Nothing, nothing would be more classic Arsenal of recent years than to do just that. Just. I think having just two basic, very defensive, physical teams, if I suppose, maybe it would probably um, prepare us for the... Is it Liverpool next after that, I think? and um, I think, yeah, in the first like month or so of this new season, and then, like, the, yeah, we, we've got like Liverpool and Man City at some point. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, so after West Ham, we've got to play uh, Leicester in the... Uh, Carabao Cup, and then it's uh, yeah, then it's Liverpool. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, we got we got that, and we're yeah, we're away as well. So yeah, we got to go to Anvil, uh, Anvil, Anfield, uh, Anfield, um, to get a uh, yeah, try and get a, a result at Liverpool. Um, something that we have famously failed to do uh, <laughs> in the last. Yeah, we, beat, it was, uh, we only beat them back in years. July. We we just yeah you know, we beat them back in July so uh, you know yeah we can we, we could do it again yeah you know we've uh, it's true yeah the the it, uh, hopefully the curse is broken um yeah and that wasn't a, a fluke I mean it's looking less and less like a fluke you know the the results we've been getting um so yeah that that's uh, yeah good first day of the season for Arsenal um in terms of transfer news I mean we mentioned the um. Aubameyang contract, which is apparently due to be announced uh, any day now, which I feel like we've been saying uh, on every episode, probably since we started this podcast uh, about a year ago. Um, But uh, yeah, it looks as though, um, unfortunately, uh, Emiliano Martinez is uh, is off. Looks as though he's, uh, we've had a bid, uh, we've accepted a bid from Aston Villa for him, um, which... It's a shame, um, but I don't know. It, it, you know, a player that good, if he wants to, you know, he can 
he's only like 28. I mean, you know, he could have a whole, a whole, a whole new career basically off of these uh, last few months he's had at Arsenal. So, I mean, good luck to him. Yeah, it's a shame uh, when you have two goalkeepers who are really good, and you know, something's got to give eventually. And uh, yeah, I think maybe it's probably better to stick with Leno because I think he's you know pretty consistent and more or less. I think as well probably better on the ball because Arteta wants to play that out from the back so I think mm. Leno has that slight edge on Martinez but the overall uh, yeah you know at Villa go ahead go see if you can yeah hopefully when we when we have to play Aston Villa he'll just let the ball in uh, agent agent uh, Martinez we should call him I think yes <laughs> yeah hopefully he'll uh, yeah he'll just um, become like the new Brad Guzan uh, and just absolutely uh, fuck things up from the inside for Villa. Um, but yeah, apparently a yeah, £16 million bid has been accepted, uh, which could rise to £20 million. Um, You know, sometimes it's... Sometimes it's good to cash in uh, on a player while they're hot like that, you know? Because it, I, it, like you said, I don't... Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to... He's not going to overtake Leno as the number one, um, even though he's been very, very good and very reliable. Um, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame whenever, you know, it, it, you don't want to see good players leave the club, but you know, if it, if it ends up working out for everybody, he gets to, you know, become a, a number one goalkeeper at another club and we get to cash in on him, reinvest that money into the club and so be it. Um, incidentally there, I mean, there's also rumors linking us with, um, Brentford's goalie. You mentioned Brentford earlier. Um, yeah. David Raya or Raya. Mm, yeah. Um, so that is, yeah, I think, yeah, he's, he's likely to be the replacement. Because, I mean, I think we've, on Saturday, uh, Martinez wasn't on the bench. It was Matt Macy, yeah. um, who was, uh, yeah, the number two on the on the bench there. So, yeah, it looks as though we're lining up uh, Brentford's goalie as, as the replacement, potentially. So, yeah. Yes, it's, uh, yeah, I've heard, like, I mean, there's also like the usual rumors keep going on about Thomas Party and Husamawa, and I just say, eh, I don't know. They they seem to be just like, no, no, no. We won't sign for anything more than fifty, sixty, sixty-five, seventy million. And uh, you just you just know yeah. that Man City are going to come along, twenty million, uh, or fifteen million. Uh, all right then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, that's how it always goes. Uh, I always, I just, uh, just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think that, um, I think you're right. Yeah, those, those two in particular, that yeah, the uh, Awar and um, uh, party uh, deals seem to be kind of, kind of out of reach. I think at the moment for Arsenal. Um, so I don't, I, yeah, don't, don't see those happening, especially. Because they would have to be kind of, like you said, the amount of money that would have to change hands, they'd have to be kind of these like big tentpole signings that uh, we just aren't able to make at the moment, it, it seems, anyway. I mean, I remember, you know, we were <laughs> having similar conversations last season, then, you know, transfer deadline day, they end up signing all of these players, um, 
you know, just, suddenly they just go absolutely transfer mad and bring in all these all these new players. So could be could be another situation like that where it gets to where it is October the fifth, and then suddenly suddenly we spent another seventy odd million um, on another player. But I don't know. I think yeah, the 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 main piece of business for Arsenal is to definitely get um, a Bamiang on a new contract. That is that's sort of their that would be as good as a new signing for them. Yeah, I mean, usual sort of outgoes at the moment seem to be Socrates. Yeah, I've also heard like Klesnech to maybe possibly either Schalke or West Ham. And Torreira with, mm. might be going to either Fiorentina or Torino. Uh, and uh, usual either Guendouzi. They're trying to, f- any club, any club, just they try yeah. to make. Uh, <laughs> Do you want Guendouzi? Do you want Guendouzi? Nope. <laughs> We don't want going to, not even Paris Saint Germain, but it's <laughs> well, his his name comes up with it like the the you know the two players we were just talking about, um, Oar and um, and, and Party. See, it, basically, anytime Arsenal are linked with uh, you know, with a, a, a one of these big players, it always seems to be like uh, they're, they're offering Gwenduzi as like a as part of the deal, <laughs> like that you know, they're offering like 30 million plus Gwenduzi and like you know, the the clubs that they're offering him to are quite rightly just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now nah, you're all right. We'd rather have the money. Yeah. Just like, why can't we just like send him, tell him he's going on holiday, just, and then just send a rocket into the sun. That's a bit cruel. <laughs> that seems, seems a bit harsh. <laughs> uh, Ozil, I could maybe understand, but Quindouzi, I, I, I don't know. Send him to a nice farm upstate. Send him to a nice farm. Parody. Make him work on a farm. Parody. A parody. Minecraft. On Minecraft. Um, as a joke. On Minecraft. Uh, yeah, it'd be funny to do that in Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I think yeah I I mean I don't know because like the, I'm not sure who else is is likely to leave because you know the 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 Bellerin rumors that we were talking about in our last episode seem to have not gone away I I, I think you know from everything I've read like I think it's Arsenal are kind of considering it for the right price because I, I obviously their preference would be to keep him but if a team like PSG offer you know infinity million pounds for him that could end up being a pretty decent piece of business yeah. I, I don't know just take that money for the can. first time in a long time we've actually got options defensively yeah I mean if um, if Ainsley Maitland-Niles I don't know whether Arteta um, possibly sees him as a as the uh, wing back right wing back position it was a bit weird mm. it was a bit weird in the punditry, people kept saying that Maitland-Niles was a left wing back. It was kind of like not. Maybe when we didn't have the ball, but attacking-wise, he was kind of like drifting into the middle and sort of like like a extra midfielder. Yeah. It's kind of strange to say that he's a wing back. Which is like, I think it, yeah, he's like, because I think that, that technically is like his first position, isn't it? Like more of it, he's more like a like a central midfielder. Yeah. Um, but he's just good at it. Like, he's just one of those players that has the natural ability to play down either side. And his defensive instincts are good enough that he can, he can you know, he can play as a wing back on the left or the right. Um, 
and I think that's obviously like that's where he's been utilized more at Arsenal. So it is like, uh, yeah, like you said, pundits tend to just instinctively label him as that, but really, he's uh, he he contains multitudes. Ainsley Multitude Niles, they call him. Yeah, it's weird though. Uh, on the Tuesday Club, Alan Davis's Tuesday Club, they keep calling him like because his name Ainsley Maitland Niles sounds like a Conservative Party candidate member. It does. <laughs> It it does sound like that, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's very um, yeah. And his wife, Annunziata Rees Mogg. It's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty funny. It is. There's a there's a joke in um, there's a joke in Thirty Rock, uh, which is a very very funny show. Um, there's like a there's like a multi episode arc involving um. Michael Sheen, the, uh, the 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 British, well, the, the Welsh actor, he plays an uptight character called Wesley. He's like, like an uptight British guy called Wesley, um, who uh, Liz Lemon, the main character played by Tina Fey, dates for a few episodes. And um, it's like <laughs> it, a few episodes in, it's revealed that his last name is Snipes. So his name is Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Um, and then like, you know, everyone else is like, your name is Wesley Snipes. That's ridiculous. And then like Michael Sheen's like, no, it's ridiculous that the actor is called Wesley Snipes. If you had a picture of the actor, Wesley Snipes and me next to each other, and you said, which one of these is, is named Wesley Snipes, you pick the uptight British man. It's like, I'd never thought about it until I saw that, but it's like, yeah, he has yeah. completely the wrong name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's it's, a good and it's a similar thing with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He is like a very much like a sort of, you know, it, that sounds like a pro fox hunting kind of uh, Tory MP. Instrument house, oh, constituency. Yes, I don't have a dog, so I'm keeping. He's a really, really nice chap. Really nice, really nice chap. Yeah, yeah, he's totally, well, totally decent chap. Yeah, I went yeah. to the Bullingdon Club and ate all, all the, all the sweets. I don't know. They, uh, I, it was my first time there, and uh, they made me shove a, uh, a bread roll up my ass. And uh, but then, uh, but then they let me in. So it's uh, yeah. I was, was toast rack yeah. for the upper sixth. They kept buns <laughs> in my bottom. <laughs> we uh, went to uh, went to uh, Clapton at the the uh, at the Royal Albert Hall. It was one hundred and fifty quid a ticket, but it was totally worth it. Yeah, he's still he's still are. got it, man. Yeah. He's still totally got it. Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> Man, My, uh, we should do an episode just in, entirely as as those guys. <laughs> yeah, I could do this all day, you know. Yeah, uh, me and Dinky, we all went and saw Mungo down at the down at the down at the pond. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, we all went skinny dipping. Uh, First yeah. one to. Uh, Last one to live was our jolly rotten egg. I had to give all his stocks and away to a foreign type. But you let him, you let him keep the bonds, though. That was nice. That was nice that you let him keep the bonds and interest. Yeah, yeah. and some um, interest. <laughs> I uh, yes, yeah, so me and uh, me and Ian were feeling a little down lately, so we just went to the uh, down to the local job centre plus and just laughed at everybody in the queue. Yeah, very, um, very cathartic, very cathartic uh, for me. Yes, yeah, yeah. Austerity yeah. must be terrible um, for people involved. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Can you? Can you even imagine? I, good lord. Um, 
yeah, I can't, I can't do that. I can't keep that up. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's a little, little too close to the to uh, to, to home. I think, um, in terms of uh, you know, the people that uh, people that run everything. Anyway, yeah. um, incidentally, did you know that um, the whole uh, the whole of Eton get a day off school whenever a, an Eton old boy gets elected prime minister? And um, <laughs> of course. Oh. <laughs> When uh, when when Boris got uh, elected, uh, it was I think it was during the summer. So there was this whole thing where it was like, oh no, the the boys at Eton don't get their day off because because uh, it's in the summer holidays. Oh no, what a shame! Oh no, my Italian villas, all four hundred of them. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to back to football, the sport of the uh, the, the the common man. Yeah, um, football, bruv. It's all bad football. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what are you the, saying? So I mean, right? yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> um, Ainsley Maitland Niles aside, I think. Um, I mean, who else? Is, is there anyone else? That's, I mean, like Lacazette was linked with the move away, but now I think he's he's basically said that he's staying, um, which I'm glad about. Uh, you know, I, I I would rather keep it similar. You know, similar with. Martinez, you know, you never want to see a good player go. Um, and you know, he scored the first goal. You know, he, he got us off off the off the mark on uh, on Saturday. So yeah, it's good to have him back in the uh, back amongst the goals. Um, yeah. And he seems to, have, you know, as we've said a million billion times, he has a good partnership with Aubameyang. So yeah, I'm glad that he's staying. Yeah, I really like him in this uh, this false nine kind of. Position role that uh, Arteta's got him in now. It's really, really sort of uh, give his career a real shot in the arm. Yeah, it's uh, it's not. Yeah, he's getting a bit of a second win there. Yeah, it's not just if he was just um, a traditional kind of number nine poacher, I think he probably wouldn't have lasted very long because, especially in Premier League, uh, poacher doesn't really. I mean, there's a poach goal, the sort of traditional number nine. I mean, you have to be a bit more than that, really, these days. You can't just be like. Uh, let me give you. I got two words for you, Andy Carroll. Oh well, he's just a big target man, you know. But he's not really. A, yeah, I suppose. But yeah. <laughs> you see, know, that, you're for uh, someone with the quality to uh, you know play as a, a poacher. That's uh, that's your guy right there. Um. Yeah, that video. Where he's sitting with Matt Ritchie, uh, Callum Wilson, and uh, uh, what was his name? What's the other guy's name? Oh no, it's gone from me. Well, Fraser. Fraser. <laughs> and they're all sitting yeah, there, Ryan and Fraser, he's like, yeah. Ryan Fraser. And uh, he's saying, uh, you know, uh, Matt Ritchie to Bournemouth. What does he think? Uh, we brought Bournemouth to Matt Ritchie. And they're all sitting there, like, laughing to themselves. How dare they? Muck, that's Bournemouth. Had, yeah, I'm sure he had to Google Bournemouth. I, I'm literally, I'm, I'm. He, <laughs> I probably, he probably literally did. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm at this very moment. I'm drinking from a uh, a, a Bournemouth beer glass. Um, so it, yeah, yeah, it cuts very close to home. I thought, uh, speaking of which, I thought Callum Wilson had a a, a very good. First match for for yeah. Newcastle. Newcastle have like, you know, for everything else that's going on at the club, they've made some very good signings this this summer. Weirdly, for a club that typically overspend on players that turn out to be trash, um, 
they've actually made some very good signings, I think. Just uh, just buy British from a relegated club and you're British. Uh, come join us. Come join Newcastle. Yeah, but I think like it... But uh, yeah, like, you know, um, yeah, Callum Wilson, you know, a player that's had the proven a proven track record in the Premiership and you know scored for England as well. I mean, it's it's. I'd imagine he's he's probably scored as many goals for England as Andy Carroll has, right? I mean, yeah, I think he scored once, so that would be. Yeah. I'd say that, well, I'd say that has yeah. to make him at least equal with Andy Carroll. Um, yeah, yeah and that that Jamal Lewis uh, looks like he could be a very good player if he you know. If he's able to like stay fit and whatever, he I think he he looks uh, like the real deal. Um, so I think that's, that was a good piece of business by them as well. And that Jeff Hendrick as well. I mean, that's like a he's never going to be he's never going to fit into like a big team. He's not like world class or anything. But for the the level that Newcastle are at, he's definitely going to improve their squad. I think he looked um, he looked very good. I, yeah, Newcastle begrudgingly. I've never been much of a fan of of Steve Bruce. I have to say, but. Um, yeah, I, he 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 might have kind of uh, talking about people that have found like you know a second win kind of later in their career. I think he might have uh, he might have found his home at Newcastle. Weirdly, which is an odd thing to say about a former Sunderland manager. But um, yeah, I think I, Newcastle could. The other thing with Newcastle though is that whenever they do have any players that are genuinely good, um, those players tend to get injured for a very long time. <laughs> so um, I just I think back like you know. To like the early two thousands and into the like the late nineties and stuff, and you think like you know, anytime they had like a good player, it was always, you know, whether it was like Michael Owen um, or um, you know, like um, what was his name? Was it Damien Duffy? Damien Duff? Damien Duff? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he always what, sort of looked like Obafemi Martins played for him. For yeah, a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've had a lot of kind of. Like I said, they've overspent. I mean, like you know, like you think like their their forward line last season was like that. You know, Almiron and Joe Linton cost like what was it like like forty five million between them or whatever, and ended up getting like f- two goals apiece all season or some shit. Like it, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. Newcastle have like famously signed very bad forwards um, for a long, long time. But yeah, Callum Wilson. If he's, I mean, he's had his own issues with long-term injuries. That's the only thing. So, like I said, the Newcastle curse could well strike again. And he's, you know, does his knee and he's out for the season and that's it. They've got no more goals. I suppose, I suppose Callum Wilson is probably the only sort of, well, him, him and Etch, yeah, after rejection corner already, uh, I can only think of Danny Ings and Callum Wilson as that kind of poacher nine, number nine type, you know. Uh yeah. Mm. Uh, so, but you're um, right. It, the the modern game does require more of that type of player. That like they they have to be able mm. to do a lot more as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, that kind of classic uh, poacher type role doesn't really exist in the way that it used to. Um, yeah. But yeah. But uh, yeah. Hopefully, because I've got this weird sort of I don't know why. Maybe it's just because of sort of nineties nostalgia, but I really want Newcastle to be up there again. I really want Newcastle to be one of the top clubs. You know, it'd be nice to have them back in amongst yeah amongst it all. I I I yeah, it'd be fun to have a new Geordie team back up competing. We love our Geordies, don't we? You're we absolutely know. right. I mean, it is like it. It I <laughs> I feel incredibly bad for for Newcastle fans mainly just because. They've had 
a couple of decades straight of just being absolutely fucked by um shitty chairman and shitty owners um people that really really do just view the club as a you know like a, a money printing machine um as opposed to wanting any as opposed to actually wanting or aiming for any kind of long-term success um so i yeah i do i, I feel for newcastle fans really um they should be i don't know it feels like it, unlike other kind of quote-unquote big clubs of that era um, you know, like Leeds can fuck off, Nottingham Forest can fuck <laughs> off, but Newcastle, I think Newcastle do have a, Newcastle have like a, you know, like a, a place in people's hearts that I feel like is, is deserved. Um, and I, they, they deserve better, frankly. I think they do, they deserve better than they've, than they've been given for the past 25 years or so. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is, you know, speaking of which, you know, first match of the season and it's like, it's 1997, you know, the top two are Arsenal and Newcastle, you know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's like a nostalgia party. So hopefully that continues. Yeah, if we just need Kevin Keegan to come back, that'd be great. Somehow somehow he works his way yep. as Newcastle manager again. And it's just good Once time. again. <laughs> yeah. For a we, third time? Did he manage them three? Did, did, I, I oh, yeah, he, he managed them. At least twice. Yeah, he managed them like, yeah, at least... Back in two thousand nine, I think eight two thousand eight or nine, I think he came back in. I think. And there was yeah, that sounds about right. After he yeah. quit, after he quit the England job. Yeah, and um, I was really hoping for that takeover to come through, and then you try and have some like Mourinho try to get in at Newcastle just because they got loads of money. <laughs> wow, my prediction's not going to come well, true it- now. <laughs> It's weird though because they have like the caliber of some of the managers they've had come through that club. It is nuts that they haven't done better than they. Ha- I mean, it, again, like I said, you know the 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 infrastructure at the club seems to deliberately be such that it just sets whoever is in charge to up to fail. But, I mean, you think like you know they, like they sacked Bobby Robson. Like that's something that I will never ever forgive. You know, like the the. Um, you know, like the board or whatever at Newcastle for like they they sacked Bobby Robson, which is just like, how do you do that, man? That's like you know, true true legend of the game, um, and they fucking they they sacked him like a couple of weeks into the season. Like it's just like it's, that's fucking cold. That's that's awful. And then like you know, like the I don't know, Rafael Benitez like sticking with them when they got relegated. They didn't have to do that. That guy's won like actual like proper top tier trophies um and they still didn't give him like they didn't give him any meaningful support um to do whatever vision he had like you know they they've they've had some like really really good managers that have just been absolutely fucked by by the board or by the chairman or by the owner or whatever and it's just like it's, yeah it's depressing to watch so it's like it's it's weird that like you know the second they get taken over and if they do get like if they do get like you know uh an infinite uh well of oil money or whatever from Saudi Arabia um that suddenly they'll be getting you know more good managers but suddenly they'll be able to actually spend the money and bring in players and whatever it would be funny to see uh, Newcastle do uh, a man city in that regard yeah but then it won't be Newcastle anymore it'll be a fake hollowed out Plastic version. That's what happens. But um, it'll be oh, new Newcastle. Uh, new Newcastle. 
and uh, well, not so long ago, they when they had the the, the uh, French kind of contingent when they kept buying all French players. Uh, everyone was calling them Nouveau Chateau. Mm. Yeah, with uh, <laughs> Alan Pardieu. Oui. Yes, Alain Pardieu. Was that when he went mental at, at, at Wenger, or was that was he still West Ham manager when he did I that? I think that was uh, West Ham. I remember. Yeah, West Ham. Was he Newcastle manager when he tried to headbutt uh, that whole player? Was it uh, was it Myler? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Was that was he at Sunderland? It was either Sunderland Newcastle game or something like that, and. Uh, yeah, something something happened. I don't. I wish I could remember all this. It was such such a great time. The, uh, but ugh, I wish I could remember all that. But, I'm just um, going to look him up because there is there's like a lot of um. Yeah, he clearly has like a you know like a rage or, or like anger control problem. Um, because he's gone mental on the touchline a few times. But I'm just trying to see if I can. I'm trying to find like a list of his uh, his greatest hits. He should have been. Let's have a look. No, we already. Uh... But yeah, he's always doing some stupid dance. I remember he did that with Palace in the FA Cup final. Yeah. Let's have a look. Oh yeah, here we go. Wikipedia has a controversies uh, segment. Which is always good. That's if you look at any. <laughs> it's always whenever you look up any article on on Wikipedia, um, you just if there's a controversies segment, you want to scroll right to that. Um, so, uh, just right off the bat, this one's caught my eye. In March two thousand and nine, Pardew stated on Match of the Day two that Chelsea midfielder Michael Essien absolutely rapes Manchester City player Chet Evans during a midfield tussle for the ball. In that sense, he bested him in the sense that he bested him physically. The BBC explained why there was no on-air apology, saying what Alan Pardew said was misheard. It was... That's more like Alan Partridge. So, yeah, it was thought he used the word rakes with a K, um, which I guarantee he did not do. Um, You know, who the Chet fucking e- hell talks like that? Chad Evans isn't the player who was accused of um, assault. Is that what he had a surname like? He had a name like that. Accused and convicted, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, I believe. Ch- I think, with somewhat ironically, yes, I, I believe Chad Evans uh, was convicted. Um, yes, convicted of rape in April 2012 and spent two and a half years in prison. His conviction was quashed uh, on the 21st of April by the Court of Appeal, and a retrial was ordered. Uh, he was found not guilty in 2016. So, um, yeah, uh, rape convictions are notoriously difficult to get. So that is, uh, you know, read into that what you will. Um, but yeah, going over some of other Pardew's greatest hits. I mean, man, we really overlooked this guy in terms of managers for the shit house eleven. Um, I may have brought him up I in don't September two thousand. I can't. Maybe we did. I yeah, but I just um, yeah. The, the, he was a, he's a real he's a real contender. Um, 
September 2003, Pardew was resigned from Reading after being refused permission to become manager at West Ham. Reading's chairman, John Majewski, attempted to create an injunction at the High Court to prevent him from moving from West Ham, uh, moving to West Ham, sorry. Uh, eventually, Reading's legal action was dropped. Pardew joined West Ham after a period of gardening leave. Um, so that's maybe not so much his fault. That's, you know, John Majewski sort of going to... Uh, frankly insane lengths to keep him at the club um and then yeah here we go march 2006 Pardew had a dispute with arsene wenger uh, after he criticized arsenal for failing to field an english player during the uefa champions league win against real madrid wenger suggested Pardew was being xenophobic a claim Pardew denied citing his marriage to a swedish woman <laughs> i married a swedish woman <laughs> i'm married to a swedish racist. bird what are you talking about i can't be racist Married She's to a white-skinned, blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman. <laughs> well, I'm not racist. Um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to hire any foreign people. I'll just fuck them. Um, in November 2006, Pardew had another dispute with Wenger after celebrating West Ham's win over Arsenal. Uh, Wenger claimed he was provoked into pushing Pardew after Pardew's celebrations at West Ham's late win. Wenger also refused to shake Pardew's hand at the final whistle, as is customary. Uh, Wenger was later fined by the FA, while Pardew was cleared of the charges in January 2007. Um, so yeah, a little bit of handbags there with uh, with with the professor. Um, so is either <laughs> in October like 2007. Yeah. Sorry, what did you say? Nothing. Carry on. Sorry. That fucking delay again. Um, in where was I? Yeah, in October 2007, Pardew intervened on the pitch in a match against Hull City to try and break up a confrontation between Charlton and Hull players after Lloyd Sam and Ian Ashby were sent off. Pardew denied he made <laughs> Pardew denied he made the situation worse by intervening. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> um, yeah, and. Uh, on the opening day of the 2012-2013 Premier League season against Tottenham Hotspur, Hotspur uh, Pardew pushed an official after an incident where the ball appeared to go over the touchline, but the referee deemed it still to be in play. Pardew later apologised, citing his behaviour as ridiculous. It was um, ridiculous, bruv. I don't know 20- what came over me, mate. I don't know what came oh, well, over me. I don't know. What am I, what am I like? What am I like, eh? <laughs> um, I'm such yeah. a geezer, bruv. I'm and then... I'm a, I'm a bit of a, I'm a card, mate. I'm a total card. Absolute card, mate. Um, in January 2014, during the Premier League match against Manchester City, Pardew virtually, <laughs> Pardew verbally abused opposition manager Manuel Pellegrini. Uh, Pellegrini initially confronted Pardew on the touchline and accused Pardew of frivolously contesting every decision by the referee and was trying to dishonestly deceive the officials, even when it was an obvious decision in City's favour. Um, after the initial skirmish, Pardew was caught on Sky Sports television cameras calling <laughs> calling Pellegrini a fucking old cunt. Uh, Pardew later apologised only after being confronted by journalists about his abusive language. Pellegrini sh- shrugged off the incident, but said he disagreed with Pardew's approach to contesting every decision by the referee. Um, I feel like that is that is quintessential Pardew, isn't it? That is kind of everything everything distilled into one kind of sentence really yeah. you know he's <laughs> he just 
like whining at the referee for every single decision. Uh, and on top of that, just calling the opposition manager a fucking old cunt. Um, and then, of course, the the incident that we uh, mentioned earlier. Uh, in March 2014, Pardew was sent to the stands after headbutting Hull City player David Myler. The ball went out of play near Pardew and Myler pushed him to quickly resume play. Uh, sorry, push, no, sorry, pushed past him to quickly resume play, at which point Pardew headbutted Myler. Uh, although Pardew apologised for his actions, he was fined £100,000 by Newcastle and given a formal warning. On March 11th, the FA handed Pardew a three-game stadium ban with a touchline ban for a further four games. He was also fined £60,000 by the FA in addition to the £100,000 fine from Newcastle. Um, so that... Has he managed... Uh... So yeah, he's uh, he's been at a couple of clubs since... Uh, yeah, he's been... Crystal Palace and West Brom for, I don't know, a season apiece. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I so find it funny yeah, that maybe... uh, somebody, um, I remember on Radio 5 Live, I think they were just joking around, but I think I think you might have been in the car as well. And uh, it was saying, oh, Wenger, he's an absolute legend, but I think they need to move on and they need to replace him with a manager who's, you know, he's got ideas and he's up and coming. You need to bring in Alan Pardew. And like, you, you, you haven't. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, we need someone with fresh ideas like Alan Pardew. Yeah. God man, damn. It's just a, a PR disaster for any club he goes to. It's just like, ah, jeez, what's he That's... done now? It's like having... I mean... Like... Oh, God. <laughs> Are we sure that the guy calling in uh, for that wasn't, uh, you know, his name wasn't like Adam Pardew Pal- or something? Ardu. Like Pal- Palin Ardu. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that is. I mean, that that's very funny. That it, yeah, it, it's just. Um, I don't know. If, yeah, just a guy that has shown. Thus far in his career, nothing uh, to indicate that he could manage at that level. Um, and just being like, yeah, when you saw him with new ideas, <coughs> like famous psycho Alan Pardew. <coughs> so he Damn. got one of his mates to phone in or something. Yeah, don't be laugh. Just phone in, mate. Just phone in. Yeah. It was probably Tim Sherwood. He was like, okay, you, you say to them I should get the Arsenal job and then I'll recommend you for the Spurs job. <laughs> That was I. Mo- I do remember when uh, Fabio Capello left the England job, and immediately the media was like, "We gotta have Harry Redknapp. We gotta have Harry Redknapp. There's only one man for the job, and that's Harry Redknapp." And after all that, all that FA came out, Roy Hodgson. Great times. But, yeah. yeah, I. I think because around that time, like Harry was being, he was like being investigated for all of his uh, dodgy. Yeah. Like he just been cleared. He just been cleared of like all the. He made a sort of offshore bank account. So was it in his dog's name? Yeah. And his defense was basically he was something like that. Yeah, yeah. He can't spell. I can't write. I don't even know what numbers are. I can't do nothing, <laughs> bruv. Oh, what do I do? I just just love the football, isn't it? Just, it's just uh, that's all I know. That's all I know. It's great that he lives like. Five ten minutes away from me. It's great. He's a local boy, yeah. Local yeah. boy. 
Yeah. There's a guy that I'm, uh, I'm not going to say I'm friends with, but I, I sort of, you know, we have mutual friends and, um, he showed me a photo of uh, him and his girlfriend's family um, in some some fancy place where you know rich people go. And Harry Redknapp was there, and he got a photo of him with Harry Redknapp. And uh, I was just immediately like, it pissed me off so much. I was just like, how how dare you waste Harry Redknapp's time? Like you of all people specifically. Like this yeah. guy is one of the most intolerable dipshits I've ever met. And I just I just remember thinking like. How dare you waste Harry Redknapp's time? <laughs> it was like, I remember a friend of ours, I don't know if I would name them, but uh, a friend of ours, uh, he was in a queue, he was behind Harry Redknapp um, at the um, cash, was it the, the, the uh, what they call ATMs, what they call them in this country, yeah, bank machines, you know, put your card in. Cash machines, yeah, yeah. Cash machines, yeah. Um, Hardfire wrote a song about it. Oh, yeah, they did. And uh, yeah, but apparently, uh, yeah, he was standing behind him. <laughs> And then he, Harry Redknapp sort of turned, looked at him, sort of like they just walked off. Ah, great, great anecdote. <laughs> wow, <laughs> classic Harry. Well, He's always looking at people and walking off. He's like Bigfoot. He's like Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> He's, <Yeah. ex> <laughs> He's exactly like Bigfoot. He's like a yeah, South Coast Bigfoot. Um, what? what? So yeah, Alan Pard Alan Pardew. Um, is he currently employed? I don't think he is. No. No, he was asked at some. Um, Ado, is it, how do you pronounce the name? Den Haag? Den Haag. Yeah. Yeah, in, the, yeah, in Holland. Um, yeah, left the club earlier this year uh, by mutual consent after, yeah, uh, they agreed not shit, to extend mate. his contract. Your shit, bruv. Get With, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's how they talk in Holland. Fucking hell, he was only there from... He was only there from December 2019 till April of this year. So he was there for not even it's, six months. It's like the law of diminishing returns. It's just with every job they go for, it's less and less time. And it gets to a point where they spend like a day. Yeah. Like, I think Bielsa did that. I think he was like at a club for a day and he left. I think it was Lazio. He was going to be at Lazio. And then he left. Didn't, he was terminated his contract. He's like, nope, because you're not going to bring in the players I want. Mm. So I'm not. I don't. I, he went. I think he went to either Lille or Marseille. I can't remember which one. But now he's at Leeds. Woo. Yeah, and he's uh, he's staying as well, isn't he? He's announced that he's going to be uh, he's going to be staying on. Um, yep. <clears throat> just looking up what the the EFL trophy. Uh, the EFL Trophy is an annual English Association knockout competition over the 48 clubs, EFL League One and League Two. Okay, just uh, the only reason I mentioned is because that's one of the few uh, trophies that, uh, in fact, it might be the only trophy Thanks. that Pardew has ever won. Um, he won it with Southampton back in the, I guess, when they were back in League One. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, Jason and James, we mentioned it, so you know you don't have to bring it up in the football chat. Um, <laughs> that's a, a very specific um, shout out to uh, former guest uh, James, no Jason, and uh, his uh, heterosexual life partner uh, James, uh, who are Southampton fans. So yeah, we mentioned 
There we go. We've mentioned that Pardew was Southampton manager, so you know, get off our back. In other news, uh, Chelsea are leading Brighton by uh, 2-1 at the moment. Uh, just about an hour gone in that match, as far as I can see here. Um, so we had a couple of goals in very quick succession. I think Brighton pulled it back to one all, um, and then two minutes later, Chelsea have, have gone 2-1 up. Um, I mean, yeah, now seems as good a time as any to talk about Chelsea's chances this season. I mean, that you know, we're talking about teams that have bought well in the transfer window, and they've certainly... Um, they've certainly got at it in terms of making signings. <clears throat> yeah, well, I think that's all the Hazard money, isn't it, when you think about it? Um, mostly, probably, mm. and as well as the funds they already have. And the, probably the Morata but, uh, money, because they sold Morata yeah. for quite a lot of money as well, didn't they? Yeah, and um, so, yeah, they have enough money, and plus Champions League qualification. I mean, yeah, I still, I still... Like, I don't know how good they'll be. I mean, you've got Thiago Silva, who's like, eh, he's in his 30s now. I don't know how good he is now. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what Lampard does with uh, Havertz and Ziyech and Werner. I mean, who's he going to leave out? Does it mean Abraham's going to be left out? I mean, this is, uh, you know... um. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens at Chelsea. I mean, it's a weird one with Chelsea because I hate them, but it's sort of like I don't <laughs> hate them as much as United or Spurs or Barcelona. It's just something about Chelsea. It's sort of like I don't like you, but it's not like I really hate you, but it's sort of weird. I mean, I kind of do. I do kind of. There's, there's an odd kind of link between Arsenal and Chelsea, isn't there? There's, there's a lot yeah. of. Um, a lot of shared players, a lot of players that have gone back and forth over the years that have been like very important to both clubs. So there's lots of players that have, you know, done really well at one club and then gone to the other. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a lot of kind of, I don't know, there's sort of a lot of shared sentimentality for certain players. And, it, and it, you know, again, like, you know, there's been going back to like the nostalgia days of like, you know, like the, the late nineties, there's always, there was always kind of a, there was always a thing between Arsenal and Chelsea even back then. I feel like, you know, like the various like FA Cup finals and stuff like that, you know, you think about it, it's only Ray Parler and stuff like that, you know, those kind of yeah. like legendary moments between the two clubs. I think it's just more their fans who are kind of awful and yeah. And some of the, yeah, yeah. some of the players we've mentioned, uh, and Mourinho, but I don't really, yeah, it's something about Chelsea. I was just like, you know, I love it when you you, you beat them in, a, in the FA Cup final. But, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not like, a, like if it's against Man United, then it's like, yeah, or you know, something like that. It's not like you're not as yeah. passionate. <laughs> it's something about Chelsea. It's like if you beat them, it's like, oh, yeah, we beat Chelsea. Bragging rights, I guess. Yeah. Bragging it's like we're raw, it, yeah, we're red, it's, and they're SmackDown because they're blue. You know, it's kind of like a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're. Um, yeah, yeah. There is. There's like I said. There's there's a connection between the two clubs, and it. But it is like it is. It is always more satisfying to beat. Uh, to beat, you know, 
Man United or Man City or you know one of the the other teams sort of within that kind of top six uh, arena. It's yeah, seems to mean it seems to mean more. I don't know why, but yeah. Um, the only thing I I don't know, I I worry for Frank Lampard because um, Chelsea don't seem to be particularly patient with managers if they don't get what they want right away and even if they do get what they want right away so he spent all this money bringing in you know new players and stuff and i i feel like yeah if um if chelsea go on you know if around christmas time when all the fixtures really start to pile up you know if they go like maybe th- three or four matches without a win um i can see them sacking frank lampard um even though you know in spite of everything else he's done and all the promise that he's showing um, just given their track record with managers and how they, you know, the the ridiculously short amount of time that they get given, um, yeah, I see them uh, cutting Frank loose maybe before mm. maybe before his time. Yeah, because you know it does feel like last at the end of last season when they got lost, uh, went out of the Champions League and lost the FA Cup final. I mean, a lot of managers at Chelsea that would have been it. They would have been gone right right then and then. It's like. You kind of feel like with yeah. Lampard, because he was like, yeah, the Chelsea le- legend that he is, um, that they're sort mm. of maybe, maybe being a bit more uh, f- forgiving, a bit more, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think um, also the, the the transfer ban as well, like the fact that he came in uh, while he wasn't mm. actually able to sign players, um, I think is probably part of it as well. Um, they're, they're, they're probably willing to give him at least one transfer window to see how he does. But um, yeah, maybe maybe he's going to get a bit more time than the average manager would at Chelsea, but we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, certainly feels like of all the clubs outside of the top two, you know, top two being Man City and Liverpool, uh, Chelsea are the most likely, on paper at least, to, uh, to, to bother them. I don't know if they'll actually be able to go on and challenge for challenge for the actual title this season but I don't know we'll see football's crazy yeah yeah it depends if they get a a good goalkeeper I think they still don't really have very good goalkeepers um that's bad bad I mean I thought they would be uh Kepa Aretha Balaga would have been off by now but um, I don't know maybe they're waiting for yeah I mean he's so I can't remember the goal started tonight allegedly yeah but um yeah it's Chelsea what do our case Chelsea looks like yeah it's like yeah they've got another goal incidentally there's three now uh three one up uh they're now three one up against uh Brighton so that looks to be that um unless of course uh Kefa uh Balaga uh fucks it up once again yeah Aretha Balaga. Um, and yeah, unless he fucks it up again, uh, which he might do. I mean, you know, they've got, they got uh, two thirds of the game gone. He's perfectly, perfectly capable of uh, shitting the bed. So wait and see. As always, by the time this episode comes out, uh, this is of interest to no one uh, because it's already happened. So ignore me. Yeah. And uh, how long have we been going on for now? Uh, should we do some um, cultural... Just over an hour. Cultural pop... Operation or... 
yeah, man, that was uh, that was that was what I was uh, getting to. Yeah, we we'll, we'll do some cultural appropriation right now. So this is uh, where we stop talking about football and talk about other things that we like that you might also like. So uh, buckle up, uh, butter dicks. Whatever I said at the beginning, uh, I'm already losing interest in that gimmick. Um, but yeah, Lawrence, what do you what do you got for us this week? Uh, I would just like to recommend uh, a, a a an art a singer, female singer called uh, Jessie Fryer. Uh, if uh, it's the album, it's a synth, one of these synth wavy kind of groups. Um, I listened to a record that came out a couple of months ago. It's called "Kiss Me in the Rain." It's uh, Ooh, so la it's la. Very, very nice, very good, very good synth wave pop kind of record. Jesse mm. Fryer, and uh, that's that's not to be confused I with Jesse Farrar, the uh, the uh, co-host of your Kickstarter sucks podcast. And a famous Twitter personality. Uh, no. Um, I always have something and I forget. Never mind. <laughs> I'll have it for next week. Well, do you want to... You can think about it while I do mine, I guess. And then uh, if it comes back to you, then, you know, then uh, we'll, we'll kind of yeah. alternate. Um. I'm going to recommend. I a few weeks ago I recommended um, the TV show Chewing Gum, um, which was the uh, the sort of uh, sitcom, I guess you'd call it, that uh, Michaela Cole did for for Channel Four um, about four or five years ago. That was very very funny. Um, she's obviously gotten a, a lot of uh, press and a lot of uh, a lot of attention around her her latest series. Um, I may destroy you, which was a, I believe, a co-production between HBO and the BBC. Uh, came out earlier this year. I've, I finally got around to uh, to watching it, um, and it is absolutely incredible. Um, it deals with some incredibly heavy subject matter, but it is <laughs> it's it's the funniest show about the worst thing. There's there's like genuine like belly laughs in in more or less every episode. Um, but it does, it doesn't shy away from some of the darkest subject matter you can imagine. Um, so I'll say, make sure you're in the right frame of mind to watch it. Um, because, uh, one of the things it does so well is kind of make you realize that a lot of these experiences are more universal than you think. Um, so uh, I know that, yeah, uh, it, in the wake of it coming out, a lot of people that have kind of been through various forms of abuse have said that, yeah, this is this is very familiar, uh, you know, absolutely nails this or that aspect of, um, you know, of surviving um, various forms of, um, of abuse. Um, but it, uh, similarly, people have also said it's, one of, you know, one of the most <laughs> – accurate uh forms of it, one of the most accurate depictions of uh, a writer trying to write because you know, she's a uh, the, the character that she plays in the show is uh, is an author trying to get a book draft done um and so yeah a lot of people said that the, a lot of writers have said that that's a very accurate depiction um of kind of endless procrastination and you know trying to organize things that don't need organizing um and and shit like that so it's a, yeah a very funny show about a very unfunny subject matter um but do check it out. It will probably be uh, garlanded with a, a, an insane amount of awards. I would have thought um, 
So, uh, you know, get in before the hype ruins it, basically. Um, yeah, check it out. I may destroy you. Um, and I'll also say, uh, Michaela Cole not only wrote and stars in the lead role, but she also directed every episode. I think it's 12 episodes, and she directed every episode, which I, I wasn't aware of going in. But, um, yeah, she directs the shit out of uh, out of the show as well. So, good God, where does one person get off being uh, that talented. It's sickening, quite frankly. Um, but yeah, check out I May Destroy You. It's all on the BBC iPlayer. Um, a bit more uplifting recommendation. This I've just remembered. Uh, uh, I was, we have, we've talked about Matt Berry before, but he did some little uh, kind of uh, mockumentary type um, things for the BBC called Matt Berry Does. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Mm. He did one about seen Father's, those, no. Father's Day, Summer Holidays, Wild Love, Ghosts, The Boat Race, Happy New You, and Lone Wolf. <laughs> They're all pretty, pretty funny. Pretty funny. I, <laughs> there's a, it was a funny, funny yeah, bit check about... Those out. Uh, oh, yeah, it's... There's a funny bit about uh, these Amazon frogs... And one of them's called Colin Dente. And he's, <laughs> it's quite funny. It's quite funny. It's a funny voiceover. It's funny. Very funny. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, check out. I mean, it's Matt Berry. What more do you want in terms of, you know, an endorsement of something being funny? You know, check it out. It's it's pretty much guaranteed to be funny if, if, if Matt Berry's doing it. So, yeah, check that out. Um, anything else? There's no Bigfoot news. No. Nine. Zilch. Nine. Uh, well, keep watching the skies. He'll, he'll be out there. He'll be, he'll be out um, there. Bye.